Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How's Thule? Oh, he's good. He'll be okay. Yeah, the one thing about him, he is, um, he is, he is tough as nails and meaner than a hornet. So he'll he'll be like he needs to be at game time. And, and specifically for him, it's a great time to be heading into a bye week to where you get another week to let yourself heal up. How long did it take after the game for things to kind of switch to flip to Oregon? Uh, you know, usually what we do is we kind of have a 24-hour rule and philosophy. So um, we let the previous game soak in for 24 hours, and then you, you turn the page. It, it's just like for us, what we have to really do with our players is keep them on the same wavelength of preparation. And I, I think that's one of our recipes for success is, is we don't let things get too big or let things get too far in front of us. We just keep them focused on the task at hand. You um, kept those guys without a first down well into the second quarter. Then would they make some adjustments to kind of get rolling a little bit? Yeah, you know, and the, the, the thing about football is it's, it's always going to be some ebbs and flows. Uh, so they end up making a couple of plays here. The biggest thing that we told our, our guys is <clears throat> when we have the ability or the opportunity to step on their throat or put the nail in the coffin or choke someone out, we have to be able to do it. And in our cases, there are some scenarios where we could have made our plays on third downs or we could have made some picks to be able to totally change the football game. Those are the plays that we have to be able to make. And maybe it's great when you're where you are as a program. There are some things you could still coach when it comes to being able to be um, very active and aggressive on, on some coaching items for some of our players. What do you make of the pass rush five games in? Uh, the, the pass rush has been good. Um, the, the thing that's probably more unique than anything, you're not, you may not see the individual recognition for this player having this sack or this player having this sack, but from a pressure standpoint, the quarterback's being very nervous, the offense is having to change to be able to block those two uh, active pass rushers. Uh, we've seen it all kind of benefit in the overall pass defense. And, and that's, in the end, you still have to find ways to be able to get the W-I-N in the end of the day. Do you think that's a, a maybe a big reason why you really haven't seen teams take shots downfield on you guys a lot this year? Yeah, uh, potentially, and and I think some of it could also be just the, the offensive philosophy that those particular teams have. Uh, but that po potentially could come into play for sure. 
after looking at the film, just penalties, are these some things that you're going to clean up or a lot of those 50-50 calls? And some, some of them are, but a majority of them are things you can definitely clean up on our end, especially just from some scenarios in my room. Uh, we have to play a cleaner game and just keep your discipline to where we're getting so overzealous and so aggressive trying to get to the point of attack that you kind of lose it, you're, you're, and, but you're right on the edge. It's what we call controlled rage where you have to walk the edge and don't cross the line. And the pass interference calls, you know, what do you see on those? Yeah, that's something you're, you're trying to go for the ball and try to make your play. And the one thing we tell our players is uh, in some of them situations, you never want to err on being aggressive. The thing you have to be able to do is just don't panic and continue to play with your technique. But some of those plays are going to happen from time to time. And one more thing, just on penalties, it just seems like, you know, with the pass rush you have and as aggressive as you are, there's been a lack of holding calls, you know, a lot of people. <laughs> Is there anything that you can do on that, like teach linemen to flail their arms or anything? Is there anything you can do on Yeah, but, you, you know, the, the one thing about those, it, it's, it's in the hands of, of someone else. So the, the one thing we try to talk with our players about is making sure you can control the controllables. And sometimes some of the reasons why is the balls have been gone and thrown a lot on time or sooner than, than expected. So most of the time you can't get in positions to be able to get a holding call, you know, and that's just, just is what it is, you know. Did you have a couple of guys that played especially well in your eyes uh, last Saturday? Yeah, you, you know, just 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 overall being able to see MJLA uh, up front, like he he is what you call a full time stocking stuffer. When 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 you put him over the center of the guard in that a gap, someone's going to have to block him with two people, and seeing him being able to. Defeat the, the, defeat the blocks and attack the line of scrimmage and make a couple of plays in the backfield. That was definitely great to see. And we think Dom Hampton may have played potentially his best game here as well when it comes to making tackles, making plays, getting guys down on the ground, and having some phenomenal effort plays on the ball. What's your assessment how your team's creating turnovers? Well, you, you know, the, the one thing that we talk about when it comes to takeaways, it has to be a mindset and things that you want to do uh, because – Offenses today, they're just not going to give you the ball. That's why they don't call them giveaways. Uh, they're called takeaways because you have to go take the ball. But it, it, it works out as a full team effect. For example, in this, in this last game, uh, the quarterback was under duress. Uh, Raylan Goforth had him, had him in his hands. And so he was trying to flip the ball out to a, to a receiver that he thought was, was open. And then now we have a guy who is on him breaking in front of the ball. And that's how you get takeaways. It's really going to be more of a team defensive mentality. And that's the thought that you have to have coming into every game. And believe me, we're not happy by any means because there's still some things that we left out there. And we have yet to still, in our scenario, be able to separate a man from the ball when it comes to causing a fumble. So that's the next thing that, uh, from an emphasis standpoint that we're trying to stress uh, moving forward into the bye week. You talked about just <clears throat> to go the aggressiveness, but staying within, you know, within mm -hmm. the lane, if you will. Um, what's the messaging against a big game that's coming up here? Because it's, you know, outside of your the team, there's going to be a lot of hype and everything. What's that messaging about the team sticking to their plan and trying to minimize distractions? Yeah, the biggest thing is, is know who you are, uh, minimize the distractions. You have to keep your emotions in check uh, because it's a big game because it's the next game. 
So we always try to keep the same mentality, the same, the same thought process coming into a game. And you can't let someone, someone else or the, the things outside of the game affect how you play within the game. And you have to know who you are, keep your discipline, and, and go make your play when you're at the point of attack. Are you noticing teams staying away from Jabbar Muhammad? Is he locking things down as much as I think he is? Uh, he, he, he's, he's doing an, uh, an effective job out on the field. So you, you do see that some. And I, I think that the one thing that he does well is he, he just brings a big added leadership piece when he's on the field just because his personality is so outgoing. When you see him, he has one of the biggest – you can see him smiling through his mouthpiece. You know, and, and, and that's what you want from a secondary standpoint. He, he, he's very confident. And you think some of those very, very items – are, are definitely happening. And as you get into the meat and potatoes of your schedule now, now every person is going to have to be able to hold up and, and what you call DYJ, which is do your job. You had uh, Bill Hopkins out there in prime time. He's coming down the stretch. Talk about him if you would. Yeah, oh, my man Millie. And you know what? What he does, he does exactly what you ask of him when it comes to the work in practice, the work behind some of the guys. And he's kind of one of the guys that, that, that is hanging in the shadows because there are some great pass rushers in front of him, and he always stays ready. And you know, let's, let's say one of the guy's face masks um, had, had broken or something occurred where he had to go in a football game. He's in a football game when the game's on the line. And that is our message that we send to all of the players. You don't know when your time to shine is going to, be, going to come. You have to make sure that you're prepared to turn the light on. And seeing him come in and, and to be able to be effective when it came to rush to rushing the passer, that is exactly what we needed for those uh, five to seven plays. Can you uh, picture him and Durfee as former quarterbacks now that they're edge rushers? <laughs> uh, it's kind of a unique transition by both of those guys. Yeah, well, the, the, the one thing that is great about this sport is football players play football. Um, in, in our case, I've had a chance to have two linebackers that did exactly the same thing. They were quarterbacks in high school. And they ended up being some of the best players on the field because in high school, guess what most good places are going to do? Your best players are going to try to touch, have them touch the ball every play. So whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a running back, whether it's a receiver somehow, some way, you're going to try to have your best players touch the ball. And in most cases, it's going to be the quarterback or the running back. Kind of looking at the differences between Arizona's offense and then Oregon's, what, uh, what do you think some adjustments that you might need to make on the defensive side are going to be before this game? Uh, just the, the one thing you know you're going to be able to get elite skill at every position when it comes to the wide receivers, the running backs, the tight ends, all of their skill positions are, are, are what we would classify as elite. And when you're at the point of attack, you're going to have to make your play. They do a great job of being able to stress you at all areas of the football field. And they have a quarterback that is obviously comparable to, to exactly ours. Uh, to where he makes all the throws. He does a great job of not, not being able to get sacks. And the, the, the biggest thing that we've seen from them is the production and performances from their running backs. Like those guys are, are elevated in every facet in the run game and probably even more in the pass game. Coach, game time has been announced at 1230. It's on ABC. Oh, okay, okay. Two undefeated teams coming in, uh, big rivalry game. 
Have you been in a game that's going to be this big? S say it again. Have you ever been in a game this big with two top ten teams undefeated, home game, sold out, electric, practical? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a chance to, to play in games just like this. In, in college, we played Ohio State. We were maybe number eight, and they were number two. Um, also have had a chance to coach at Cincinnati, and we were we – were, well, we ended up 12-0 and 0, uh, that year, so we were in, in exactly some of these games. So, yeah, it, but th this is what we tell, tell young people. This is why you come to UW for games just like this. How frustrating is it to play against a team who's dropping eight? Oh, I think it's complimentary of what you're doing, right? You're doing some things right and doing it really well, and you get in certain personnel groups, and they're going to give you that once in a while. So... Um, I, I thought Mike played a really good football game and made some really good decisions on checkdowns and able to get the run game going a little bit, which was nice to see. Is your um, you've now scored five times with wide receivers going in the end zone in five games? Is the deception all gone uh, from from that element? Is it just a standard part of your playbook now to hand the ball to a running back to let him run? Uh, you know, I, I think that. It kind of matches our philosophy in general, just that, you know, if a guy is a skilled player on the field, there's a chance he'll get the football. And it could be, you know, inside the red zone there for sure. Uh, I think that that's always kind of been part of our offense, that they're going to be part of the run game as well as the pass game. So I, I think that it's, you know, Rome's got one, Germ, J-Max had it in the past. So I definitely think that's part of the what we do. Does anybody else do that? Uh, yeah, there, there's other teams. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's plenty of good offenses in the country that just, you know, I think your job at the end of the day is make sure you're utilizing your best guys to the best of your ability and get the ball in their hands somehow. Mike said after the game he, he didn't think the offense performed to its standard. Um, do you agree? And, and if so, what were the areas where, where that wasn't the case? Yeah, I do agree. Um, I think that the first half we did a good job. We had the ball three times, four technically with 20 seconds left on the fourth one. Um, scored three times, we were efficient, 12 play, 95 yard drive. Um, took what they gave us and, and stayed on the field, did a good job. We were four for four and third downs at halftime. So I was very pleased at halftime where we were at and um, knew that there was gonna be some methodical parts of the game. Uh, they limited us to eight possessions total. Um, if you take the two end of half situations out. so. I thought where we, you know, really fell short was a couple third down conversions in in the fourth quarter that um, I thought could have put the ball or put the game out of reach, you know. And then obviously the big one was not finishing the drive and the fumble on the five yard line was was critical. You know, it would have put us up thirty eight uh, to seventeen and and really felt like it was out of hand at that point, you know. And so I thought that could have been the icing on the cake there. And and you know the execution on simple plays like that just has to be better. You can't turn the ball over down there. We almost coughed up another one inside the 10, you know, and ball security uh, is and always will be, you know, paramount in this offense. So I think that part and then just some easy, easy third down conversions where stuff we do every day with guards squeezing on interior pressure and you got JP running open on a mesh route and just easy plays we hit all the time. So, yeah, that, that part was – was wildly frustrating. Just the easy stuff that we didn't hit late in the third and in the fourth quarter that could have made it, you know, a more convincing win. Yeah, Jeremy doing a little bit of everything, lining up in the backfield, putting out wide. How, just how nice is it to have an extra piece like that in this offense, even when you, you don't have J Mac? 
Yeah, I think that's where, you know, we got to make sure. I think this game was a good indicator of, you know, when you stretch guys too much, honestly, sometimes. And, you know, Germ, you know, we're hoping J-Mac is, is back here, and I think he will be, you know, that you can start limiting some of that and potentially get more touches to a guy like Tybo, you know, where you can start easing that up. But, you know, we still always will have jet sweeps and things like that. Um, but just having to line them up in the backfield, you know, if we can alleviate some of that, um, I think it's great. You know, the versatility piece coming more naturally out of a wide receiver position is what we would rather have. And I think with the emergence of DJ and, and Tybo coming along really nicely um, and Will Nixon playing at, at a better level, that, that should be a little bit easier for us. Coach, I think you dumped the ball, you know, uh, down more than any game this year. Um, you know, just how excited did you get just seeing some of those guys in open space and what's that going to do? going into the Oregon game. Does that give them just a lot more to think about? Uh, you know, I think hopefully it shows them the discipline that Mike has. You know, that I think it's anytime there's guys wide open like that, that you can check it down and get 15, 16 yards on a check down. I'll take that every single Saturday. I would never even flinch at that. Those are easy throws and catches. And, you know, you let your best guys run with the ball in their hand. You know, we, we love that. And so I think it certainly shows that, you know, there, there's the opportunity for those things to happen. and and uh, extend plays and get, you know, longer gains. And even, you know, the week before, uh, DJ had one that got called back, but, you know, that was a 25-yarder, you know. So you're talking about big chunks of yardage. And when you're trying to move the football and take care of it, I think those are, those are big opportunities we've got to be able to seize. And also, can you, the, the, one of the plays that I really liked a lot was the throw to Josh Cuevas. We finally got yeah. to see a little bit of Josh. Can you break that play down a little bit? Yeah, it was um, you know it was a two way go there with with Rome and and uh, Josh just trying to get in on you know some of the mechanics we use for run blocking that you know just like any play action play trying to make it feel like run look like run and and then you know two guys grab Rome and and up the sideline goes you know Josh and I thought guys did a great job executing that uh, and and had that really primed up and I thought. The cell was great on the play action portion portion of it, and then obviously Mike makes a good throw, and and Josh has got some good uh, good tempo for a tight end. Ryan, what can you attribute to the success of your run game? Because obviously it's multiple parts. Yeah, I think uh, you know I mentioned it the last couple of weeks. I think uh, opportunity is a big part, right? You know, you, you got to call more run plays to get more rushing yards. So um, they certainly were giving us some looks that you know we needed to make sure we went after. Um, especially later, early in the football game. If you were watching it, you saw they were closed, tight coverage, you know, and we started hitting them on a couple, and all of a sudden the, the coverage structure changed, and, and so the opportunities changed, and we started to run the ball against lighter fronts and things like that. So I think there's, uh, you know, there's a physicality piece and, you know, O-line that wants to run block. You know, they, they want to show that they can be physical and um, that that can be a big part of our offense as well. And then I do think there's a piece to – the running backs being more disciplined as well, and you know, staying on their tracks that they're supposed to, keeping square to the line of scrimmage. And I thought Dylan and uh, really Will had a couple really nice runs as well. But Dylan really showed up that you know the the physical part of our run game can be a big part of the offense. Well, you guys got the ball back up fourteen with about four and a half minutes left. Like maybe maybe Mike had Rome open on a on a go there. on the shot. Yeah. Yeah. What's your philosophy on the, that balance between? trying to take that kind of kill shot if it's available 
but also maybe running the ball to, to run clock? Yeah, fair question. Um, four minute, you know, people are probably thinking four minute oh, and for us, I mean, we're attacking style offense. And so, you know, we were in two tight end sets that they were playing down on us, and we knew it was run opportunity. So to me, I was on the right hash, and the second call right after that was a, a bootleg. Um, to Mike's left, so it was favorable side for a lefty. And so it felt really, really strongly that I'd held that call all all game. So I felt like I had a shot and a play to back it up if we missed it, you know, and then we, you know, bootleg and, you know, miss Westy and, you know, a play that we execute pretty easily. So I think a big part of that is, you know, I have the benefit of being at practice every day and those are throws and catches that we see hundreds of times in, in the course of a week that, that we don't miss. And so there's a lot of confidence and an aggressive mindset to, to go get it and win the game. And felt like we had calls to back it up. And, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's one of the scenarios I was talking about right there where we had an opportunity with four minutes left to really put the nail in the coffin on the first play and then the second one, get a first down and stay on the field and really make things tough on Arizona at that point. And, uh, you know, at a critical point, we didn't execute very well. So that was... You know, unfortunate, and I think that that's the, in particular, that's the drive that Mike was probably talking about. With your running backs, is it kind of a, a real competition? I know it, it usually is, but it seems like you're shuffling a bit, and Tybo's kind of moving up, uh, kind of gradually. Yep. Guys are kind of moving in and out each each week as far as their uh, responsibility. Is it that wide open? Are they, you know, when they come to practice, they don't know where it stands, maybe past Dylan Johnson, I guess? I, I would say that's accurate. I think that there's, you know, Dylan has is, is, uh, cemented himself as the one for sure. And um, I think that Will is, is probably the, you know, the next most, uh, I guess, trusted guy. You know, he just knows everything. He's good in the run game, pass protection. So he's a good three-phase player. I think those two guys have made a pretty clear one-two look. And then after that, I think that, guys value you know you have to bring value the best way you can and use your attributes so right now Tybo is is good in open space speed he's got very good instincts in the run game he has to continue to improve on his pass pro and he is um he's done a nice job the last two times he's made available so I think the other guys show up and Sam Adams and Rich Newtons that have to be able to show you know the things that they can do and hey here's my skill set and I still very much believe that there's especially in a bye week there's opportunity for guys to shuffle themselves and advance their, you know, their status in that room. And, and uh, we'll keep looking at that. And um, I think, like I said, Dylan is really the last couple games came on pretty strong and is getting healthier every week. And, you know, we feel good about where he's at. And then from there, we just got to keep using those guys because there's a lot of a lot of different tools and attributes that all those kids have that that we can for sure use. Now, Newton plays uh, special teams for sure. Yep. Has a huge responsibility there. What's his situation as a running back? Is yeah, Rich is, uh, you know, honestly, there, there was a situation there where um, I thought we could have got him in inside the 10-yard line and, and got him some touches down there because I think he is a good threat um, to run in short-yarded situations. And that's one of the skill sets I'm referring to is a guy like Rich that is a really physical runner and does a good job between the tackles and – um, that's where you can utilize what he's good at. So I thought there was a couple opportunities there when Dylan was a little bit more tired that we maybe could have slipped Rich in there and we didn't get him in. So uh, we'll continue to do that. Rich is doing a, a great job at, at prepping beyond just the short yarded stuff, and he's got a great attitude. and um, He'll still make some plays for us this year. With, with Mateo going down, you move Parker over to center, and 
you know, uh, hatchets or man on the right guard. How are they grading out and how's that, uh, you know, coming together? I thought um, for the limited reps that Landon got in, I thought Landon played really well. Um, I thought he did a really nice job. And uh, Guerin's playing well. Uh, he has to continue to improve on his pass pro run game. I, I thought he made a difference. Obviously, the the holding calls are, are uh, you know, some of the things that are frustrating, you know. So between Parker and Guerin having four holding calls, you know, is, is rough, you know. So those guys got to continue to improve on the little things with their footwork and keep their body in control so that they're not trying to grab people out of position outside their framework. But, you know, with the exception of, the holding calls, I thought G played really well, and and I thought for the limited reps that Landon was in there, I thought he, you know, he's never overwhelmed by a moment. Like he, you won't have any problem seeing him in the Oregon game and thinking about, oh, will he be, you know, ready for that? He'll be ready, you know. Now he's got a lot of reps under his belt, so they're they're coming along nice, and you know, Juice is getting close to healthy, and so we're feeling good about that. Maybe adding some depth there as well, and um, just seeing how that plays out between those three. Landon and Parker are both young guys. Yeah. Do you see one more of a center than the other? Mm, good question. You know, naturally you would say Parker because he's smaller and Landon would, would, you know, just physically fit more into a, a guard body. Um, but sometimes, honestly, they, they look just as natural, if not more natural, with those roles reversed. I think Landon has played a lot of center in his lifetime and is really natural at center. So uh, I, I don't think that there's – Anything that we have to stamp at this point in either one of their careers, but I think they'll both continue to develop at both those positions, and and we'll see how it plays out in the future. But right now, it's a it's a good luxury to have that they're both playing well at both those spots, and they get reps at that at both the spots during the week as well. Anything else, Coach? Thank you. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the national sales event is on at your toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car like a legendary camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive you can count on your new camry to get anywhere you need to go and with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen you can stay connected in comfort and style 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right. Good morning. Um, I think you know you've heard a lot from the the staff there. Uh, some uh, some good things from the game. Um, no, the the score wasn't what a lot of people probably uh, thought, or if you're a fan of the the dogs uh, would like. But I thought the you know the game got sh- shortened uh, you know considerably, and um, you know probably had some times uh, that we definitely uh, you know not upset, but just wish we would have put the game away. You know, especially in the fourth quarter there. Um, you know, had a chance uh, to score and maybe even had a chance for a takeaway there. So, but, uh, you know, when we're talking about one play and two plays where we just need to be better, um, I like that. Uh, I like that standard that we're, uh, we're at. And um, the guys came ready to play. We got off to a fast start, you know, uh, up 14 nothing. Defense got off the field twice. Um, Love to see that. And the offense, uh, you know, ready to go, um, being on the road. And then those are the things you got to do when you are on the road because at some point, uh, you know, the fan, uh, the fans uh, at a home stadium, uh, when it's, especially when it's a sellout, you know, they're going to get behind their team. And um, we saw, you know, some momentum, and that's going to happen, especially when you face good teams. And they had some good players. But we knew that going in. Um, you know, I think our guys expected – uh, and plan for uh, because they do respect the opponent and especially with uh, Arizona and what they're capable of doing um, that we expected to be a four quarter game. Now we just can do, do a better job to maybe put it away a little quicker than we did. But uh, proud of the guys. Good to have a bye week and uh, you know excited for uh, for the opportunity to, to be back at home uh, against Oregon. So questions? Do you have a chance to be as healthy as you've been in a while by the time the Oregon game comes around? Yeah, I think so. I think so. There's a, you know, um, guys, I mean, the bye week is definitely helpful for a few that, um, you know, right are kind of on the home stretch there, um, or maybe even like a Thule who got dinged up. Uh, The bye week is really critical for him because, you know, maybe this next week it might have been tough, um, but I'm really hopeful that he'd be good to go here in two weeks. So, yeah. Was um, any concern about Rome? After that kick. Yeah, I didn't really. I know you guys asked me that question after the game, and I mean, I go literally from the sideline to the coach's office, drop my stuff off into the with the locker room, and and then uh, to the to the radio, and then to you guys, and so I really didn't even realize, you know, because he went off the field just fine, um, but uh, you know, heard he got the wind knocked out of him, and that was it. But uh, t- definitely took a hit there. You know, um, you can see it on the. Um, see it on on tv and everything but um you know he's doing well right now and so um you know a little sore you know some things like that we'll definitely use both of these weeks uh to to have him you know come back so um more than what i thought but uh you know thought it was just the wind knocked out of him but he'll be fine you talk about a little bit and you had a chance to talk to mike that much since the game he didn't seem happy afterwards said you didn't play the standard looks like he called the team together on the field after the game what's he been like 
Yeah, Mike's been good. I mean, I think there's there's such a high level that of expectation that you know these guys have, and um, you know there, there's great learning moments, right? You win, and I'd rather learn from wins uh, than than uh, you know than losses. And uh, a year ago, we got into these these spots at this very time and couldn't go on the road and get it done. And uh, you know we've learned from those, and and you know again. Mike has a high, high standard, high expectations. And so, you know, these guys are very critical of themselves. Uh, we're all critical of ourselves. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, um, that's, you know, what, uh, you know, you love to see, you know, that your leaders are those type of type of guys. And so um, just talking with him, I mean, you just, you know, it's a play here, play there. And it's, it's you know, a great game he played. 75% um, completion percentage, didn't try to force things. Um, really was in control the entire time. Um, but, you know, he's just looking at one play, you know, whether it was him or one play someone else could have made or one opportunity that's missed. So I love that about him. What did you learn after the Oregon game last year about that rivalry? Uh, that it, Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's fun, it's special. Um, you know, um, you know it, was, it was big going on the road, you know, at that time. Um, getting a win there, you know, there's a lot of things that, especially, you know, you get so caught up in just preparing, you live in your own little world as far as just, you know, what the game plan is going to be. Um, but, you know, you, you learn a lot uh, just as far as the excitement, the passion, um, because you're not out there until after after maybe the, the season's over and, and uh, you know, your, your alumni and your fan base, uh, you know, show their love and appreciation for, for getting that dub. So it's, it's going to be a fun game. Um, you know, obviously uh, seven and eight uh, in the country, you know. So, um, you know, a lot, lot, uh, lot of great football can be played on that day. That's for sure. 12.30 start, what was your reaction when you heard that? Yeah, I just heard that here just a little bit ago. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's going to be uh, across the country for everyone to see, you know. And so... Um, you know, our guys, I think, play well. You know, uh, we've shown we can play well both uh, morning and or afternoon and night. And so uh, I know our guys will be ready. Are there any um, advanced like statistical metrics that you look at that your staff looks at that you think is, is really important beyond maybe just what, what everyone sees, you know, basic yardage and yards per play and that type of stuff? Um, like overall, you mean like even yeah. self-scouting ourselves and things like that? I mean, you do the typical, right, uh, you know, end of the year uh, evaluation of, um, you know, points per points per drive and, you know, um, turnover ratio and how that relates to, you know, not just what you've been through and you use those uh, – just those uh, those lessons to teach your team uh, the importance of winning the turnover margin. Um, I think the biggest one probably would be that I preach to our guys is just the combination of chunk chunk plays through special teams, explosives, and turnovers takeaways. You know, and try to keep the the main thing the main thing. Each side of the ball, we'll get into those analytics. Uh, you know, those numbers uh, and kind of crunch them as far as you know you're going to get probably more sacks and more takeaways on third down, you know, interceptions, uh, you know, so, so, uh, you know, why is that? And then on offense, just, you know, either trying to stay out of third down or understanding that that's what's coming and what you need to be, be, be careful of. So there's a lot of those offense, defense, special teams when we come together on Sunday, 
you know, they'll give the, each coordinator does a good job of <clears throat> putting their summary together, showing some clips, being critical where we got to get better, but then really having some goals, um, some goals and also just feedback that we give our guys on, you know, this last week, the last two weeks, we've done a good job on special teams of being really plus 10 when it comes to yardage and field field position. And uh, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big difference, you know, being plus 10, um, you know, for us. So um, each, each, each phase kind of has it. And then from a program standpoint, it's kind of that chunk yardage. If someone were to ask you, I mean, even if you weren't coaching necessarily, but just, hey, who's, who's got the best offense in college football or who's got the best defense in college football? What are the... What are the stats that, that you would look at to evaluate that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you know, probably uh, you, you look at points, right, you know, offensively, but in, in the same frame, um, it's not, I've, I've just done this way too long to, to know that we didn't win a lot of games always because we scored 50 points a game. You know, to me, you got to do it in the context of are you taking care of the football? Are you, you know, putting your or are you putting your defense in tough spots? You know, you may score really quick, but it's also a 15 possession game or a 13 possession game, you know, and, and our game went extremely fast. Now, again, that made it where it was a little tighter at the end um, just because there was less possessions, less opportunities to score. Um, but I think, you know, offensively, it's it's, you know, managing the game to where, you know, you're playing team football um, defense. I think the one thing you've seen this year is, uh, you know, that I'm really excited about is just the takeaways, you know, and um, um, we might even be giving up a couple more yards than overall last year, you know, and the Cal game yardage wise doesn't help us out. But I love that we're getting those takeaways and I love that we're getting them earlier in the game. Uh, so um, those takeaways are huge. There's are momentum swings. Um, you know, uh, when you get three picks, uh, you know, that might get that might get in the head of the uh, the other offensive coordinator or even the quarterback at some point, kind of wondering uh, if we got to change, uh, you know, how we're attacking or, um, you know, being more conservative and things like that. But, uh, you know, those are maybe some of the things I would look at. If you get a choice to kick off, if they ask you what time you want to play, would you pick 1230 over, say, 3 o'clock or 7 o'clock? Any preference? Um, yeah, just, I mean, you know, is our crowd, I mean, our crowd needs to get here, you know, 1230, but I would hope that they would feel uh, feel good about that and ready to go just because uh, they're big games and, you know, it's an opportunity to see our guys play. So um, I, I just know that I never have control over it, so I really don't fret about it. I, I compliment our team. Even just last week, um, I did compliment our team because I think when we play a night game, <clears throat> I think we do – our guys are in it and invested in all day when a lot of people might just be sitting in a hotel room, you know, just watching football, which I think is great because it gets your head in that air, in that space. But uh, I think our guys do a great job of, you know, getting back into the film, getting back into the tips and reminders and all the things that we do. So, um, but, you know, the guys will just do it and, and understand, uh, you know, their, their preparation um, and adjust, you know, so. It's it's good either way. Just seems like twelve thirty is at least around here has been the traditional kickoff throughout all the decades, and and it's almost the show of respect that you know we're going to put you on that twelve thirty TV slot. And everybody will see it from coast to coast. So. Yeah, yeah. From that aspect, I definitely see. I mean, it's three thirty on the East Coast. You know, a lot of people are going to be watching some football. So from that aspect, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Kaylin, you've coached some big games without giving specifics. So what's your overall philosophy? 
to the players and staying locked in without making the game bigger than it is. Yeah. I think it always goes to how are you preparing in the games when it's not elevated as far as what either is at stake, you know, especially if it was like the old, the old playoff games we used to be involved with, uh, you know, where it was win or go home, you know. And so those are, those are high, you know, high stakes games. Um, and so you got to make your preparation great and elite when it isn't those type of games so that way it isn't feel as different yes it's going to feel different because all the hype around the game there's going to be some of those distractions but but you know we just got to keep the main thing the main thing and the standard of preparation it, it needs to be the same you know there might be a you know especially with a bye week there's gonna be more that's put into just that one game plan you know but um you know when you when you and then just be you just be you. Don't try to do too much. I remember trying to put in too many wrinkles and too many things way back 20 years ago for playoff games, semifinal games, national championship games, you know, and, and um, you know, your players then don't play as fast. You got to you know, take all the work that you've put in in the off season, spring ball, summer, fall camp, you know, you know, you got to stick to what your DNA is, what your identity is. Um, and, you know, I feel very comfortable with, with that as far as, you know, our coaching staff knowing that and, and uh, our players just letting them play, letting them go out and make plays and trust and believe that they got what it takes. With the turnovers, just going back to that, what do you attribute that to? Is just players understanding each other, the sheet, and playing faster? Is it a aggressive mindset? With the takeaways? I'm sorry, yeah, takeaways. Our takeaway, like, uh, yeah, I think um, – you know, there's there's more anticipation. You know, I thought, uh, you know, the interception this last week, you know, Vince Nunley seeing that, um, you know, Raylan um, had the quarterback in a grasp and didn't have him down. But, you know, one of two things were going to happen. Either the sack was going to happen or, or the ball was going to come out and anticipating where the eyes were at. Just, you know, not having to think too much. And I think, you know, year two in a system um, with guys that have been now on the field, um, not just in practice but in games, um, you're starting to see that. That, uh, that take shape to where they're playing faster and they trust and believe where they're supposed to be, but they also trust and, and know and have confidence in their teammates being in the right spot to where they're not trying to do too much. With the bye week, can you talk a little bit about the schedule? Guys get time off, practice what you're doing this week and what you're focusing on yep. heading on? Yep, yeah, yeah, you bet. We came in yesterday and then um, today and tomorrow the players have off. Uh, there's uh, some young guy workouts going on, you know, some developmental workouts, uh, you know, that are happening. Um, but then Wednesday we'll we'll get into uh, a full team just workout, you know, getting back in the weight room and and so forth. Um, Thursday, Friday we'll practice. Coaches are on the road, you know, here today, tomorrow. Um, start working their way back by Wednesday, and then uh, we'll all, a lot of us will go hit some games on Friday night. You know, we'll leave right after practice on Friday. Um, some more prep on Saturday as a staff, and then uh, Sunday. Um, Sunday we'll get into uh, you know a practice, lifts, runs, um, and then we'll get into our normal game prep, normal week. Is there one guy that you can think of that just needs this bye week more than anybody else? Um, for I mean, I just think there's you know you guys know who all the guys are that are dinged up or. Trying to recover. Um, I mean, those guys all need it. Um, you know, and there's there's guys that are playing through stuff that uh, it's just a, per, a, great, a great time. And I think just for our whole team, um, you know, they've been going since August first, and um, 
you know, that bye week uh, happening right now with school starting and all that, you know, it gives them a chance to get off to a good start there. And uh, a lot of positives, a lot of positives to where it's at. But, you know, we're not through through the schedule halfway yet, but we're we're through a lot of the football season when you take into account uh, four weeks of fall camp and uh, how these guys have been grinding. So it's good mentally and physically. We kind of look ahead at Oregon. What are the, some of the things that you may, might have saw uh, in the Arizona game that you just – want to see improve for this this next one well I mean I just know that I know what the game's going to be it's going to be physical you know um you know from a run run def, run offense standpoint I mean they're just doing a good job everything I've seen so far with running the football balancing that with obviously um Nick's as a quarterback I mean he's a, he's an elite quarterback and so um some uh, skill players all around you know, that make plays. And so the balance, you know, which is what we saw a little bit, Arizona had more balance, you know, than uh, what they had a year ago. Um, we knew that going in and um, their, their willingness to, I don't know if you say commit, but run the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, that's what we got to keep getting ready for. I feel like we do a good job against the run, um, you know, and try to make teams one-dimensional, but this will certainly be our biggest test by far uh, going into that game. And then uh, flipping – Flipping it over, you know, just defensively, I feel like they've uh, they're dialed in a little bit more too on who they are and what their identity is, even from a year ago, you know, and and letting their guys play and play fast and free. Um, great athletes on on both sides of the ball, but defensively, you know, flying around and and really holding teams in check, you know, not letting really games ever get away from them or even drives get away from them. So, um, you know. Great challenge for us, but uh, you know we've, we're very confident in what we can do as well. They have a new offensive coordinator. Do, do you see much difference schematically from what you saw? From uh, I haven't really had a chance to actually get that in depth into what they're doing. Um, you, it, you know, I think a lot of times with it's always similar plays that you're running, especially success they had a year ago you keep some of those things intact and maybe just build off of it you know no matter who a coordinator is and what their style is but uh i think a lot of the times it's just a maybe tendencies and you know um you know what you do in these down and distance situations how aggressive that that coordinator might be um you know and so forth so i don't have a great answer for you yet at this point could you talk about josh cuevas's upside you Talked about him as a blocker, that he's got mm -hmm. some skills there. But been a few seasons since we've seen a guy go 60 yards from that position down the field. Yeah, I think that's what we we have seen um, too. I mean, this spring um, it was eye open. Honestly, what we saw in the game on Saturday is what I was thinking we were getting more of. And then in the spring, we really saw him as a as a and his physicality um, being even better than what we expected. Um, just. Those blocks in the interior against defensive ends and blocking up front against linebackers there, um, but you know the play he made on Saturday doesn't surprise me at all. You know he's got an explosiveness to him. He's really smooth. Um, that was apparent, you know, to our guys. Um, you know, even when they were doing player run practices and they'd come back and tell us, you know, hey, you know, Cuevas is a pretty good, pretty good guy with his hands, and um, you know that, that was exciting and saw what we saw. You know, building off that in the spring and now. You know, he just happens to be in the right place. I mean, there's other guys that were, we had that were ready to run that play too, but um, he got thrown in the mix on, on that one, and um, the ball ended up in his hands. Um, there's multiple guys that that play could have gone to, but he made the play when the opportunity came up. So, um, you know, I think about the route down the sideline that Demo threw him early in the season for a touchdown. 
Um, he, he's, he's that type of playmaker, so it's exciting for the future. So how did you find him in the portal? And, you know, I know he puts his name out there, and how do you find a guy from Cal Poly that's kind of, you know, got something special, mm -hmm. but maybe it's not widely known? Yeah, I think uh, just to, I credit our recruiting staff, our, you know, both sides of the ball, but in this particular case, uh, the offensive staff and Coach Sheridan, um, just not, you know, leaving no stone unturned. You know, and it isn't always about the higher profile guys. It's about the guys that, you know, you think are really good football players and you just dive into their past history, you know, and find out, you know, hey, they're, they're not reached their peak yet. They're developing, you know. He, this guy can grow into even being bigger, you know, and stronger and, and uh, you know, just getting him right in the right spots and utilizing him in, in our offense. And he fits, you know, what we want to be and what type of player we want in that position. So credit to our recruiting staff on uh, not just, you know, looking and seeing, hey, we want this guy from this spot, you know, the higher profile guys, and taking Josh. Um, and once once we really dove into it, we saw a lot of potential, and we were very excited. Was there any previous connection? Guys, anybody recruit him off your staff? Um, there might have been. There might have been. Maybe that's even how it started in some case, but nothing that, you know, we've discussed or that I knew about, yeah. Coach, when Jen Cohen left, you told us that you were going to be involved in, you know, some of the search for the athletic director. Have you been involved, or is there anything you can? Yeah, lots of uh, lots. I know it's continuing to move forward. Um, lots of uh, lots of just uh, whether it's meetings and and uh, some of it's just even updates. Um, and President Kause has done an amazing job of, of keeping me in the loop and and uh, definitely intentional in keeping me involved. Um, you know, as well as. A, the other head coaches. And so, um, you know, I know that process is moving along um, very well. And uh, I think, you know, in the coming weeks, you know, there's uh, there's opportunities to have discussions, uh, you know, with people and and uh, kind of see how it goes, you know. When do you she'll have somebody in place? Any idea? I, I don't know an exact timeline. I wouldn't want to be the one that commits to, commits to that, you know, so. You haven't thrown your hat in the ring yet. No way, no way. There's a the, handling one team's a tough enough job. Handling, handling 21 more teams would be um, something beyond what I what I'm interested in doing. So just do football and softball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we have a we have a really good coach in that position too. So that that spot's definitely taken care of. So all right, all good. Thank you guys. CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, not like they got here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.